Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. This week we're going to continue our series titled Questions People Ask About the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit. The text we're concentrating on is Ephesians 5.18 that says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. You know, I read a story this week about an oil field. And during the Depression in America, this oil field was a sheep ranch owned by a a guy called Mr. Yates. Now, Mr. Yates was unable to make enough money from the ranch to pay the principal and interest on the mortgage and was in danger of losing his ranch. With the little money that he had for food and clothes, his family had to live on government welfare or, or handouts. And day after day, Yates was troubled about how he was going to pay his bills. And one day... A seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told Mr. Yates that there might be oil on his land. They asked him for permission to drill a well, and he signed the lease. At just over 100 metres deep, a huge oil reserve was was discovered. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day, and many other wells produced twice as much as that. 30 years after the discovery, a government test on one of the wells showed it could still produce 125,000 barrels of oil each and every day. And Mr. Yates owned it oil, all. And since the day that he'd purchased the land, he had held the oil and the mineral rights, yet he had lived on welfare. He was a multimillionaire living in poverty. So what was the problem here? He did not know the oil was there. He owned it, but he didn't possess it. The moment we become children of God through faith in Christ, we become heirs to God, and all of his resources are made available to us. Everything we need to live a joyous life of Christian victory is ours, in the person of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. But many Christians do not understand how to draw on the resources of the Holy Spirit. As a result, they live in spiritual poverty, not knowing or experiencing the great riches and resources that are already theirs through the Holy Spirit. Like Mr. Yates before the oil discovery, many Christians own but do not possess the riches that are already theirs. So that we might draw upon the vast reservoir of the Holy Spirit, let us answer some questions today that people ask about being filled with the Holy Spirit. First one is, what is being filled with the Holy Spirit? Firstly, it's a birthright to be claimed. Romans 8, 16, 17 says, The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. Verse 17, And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing in his spiritual blessing and inheritance, if indeed we share in his suffering, so that we may also share in his glory. Part of your inheritance is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because you are a born-again Christian, it is your birthright 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just as Peter was filled, just as Stephen was filled, and as the 120 men and women who were in the upper room were filled. What have you done with your birthright? The second thing here is, it's a command to be obeyed. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. Some people think that it's optional whether you claim your birthright or not. No doubt it's a good thing that some people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but they believe they don't need to be. Let us learn, however, that be filled with the Holy Spirit is actually a command to be obeyed. You will notice in Ephesians 5.18 a double command. A negative, do not be drunk, and a positive, be filled. The positive command as authoritative, or sorry, is as authoritative as the negative. And it was binding on just as many of those Ephesian Christians as was the negative command. And what was true for those believers is equally true for all believers today. Thirdly here, it is a commitment that has to be made. Romans 12.1 talks about dedicated service. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all yourselves, set apart as a sacrifice, sorry, as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with Christ. If we are filled with the Spirit, we are in Christ. We are walking in the light that He has is the light. And the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us and keep on cleansing us from all sin. To be filled with Christ means to be controlled by Christ, not as a robot, but as one who is led and empowered by the Spirit. Eight years had passed since the conversation of the people at Ephesus until Paul commended them in Ephesians 5.18 to be filled with the Spirit. Has this been the experience for many of us? I believe it has. Quite unintentionally, we operate for years without really giving the Holy Spirit the control He needs to have in our lives. Our goals were good and noble, but they were just that, our goals. Then one day we realize there just had to be more than when we had already discovered. So why should you be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's, that's the next question. There's three reasons you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe. Firstly, it's God's will that you be filled. It tells us that in John 14, 16 to 17. Secondly, you have some problems that can only be solved by the Holy Spirit. The paraphrase of Romans 7, 18 to 19 and, and 24, 25 is this. I know I'm rotten through and through. So far as my sinful nature is concerned, no matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God. It has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. Some of the obvious problems you may have that can only be solved by the Holy Spirit include a secret spirit of pride, 
or a love of human praise, anger or impatience, carnal fear, jealousy, unbelief and deadness. These are some of the traits that generally indicate a carnal heart and thus the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, you want to experience the greatest joy and effectiveness in your Christian life, don't you? John 10.10 tells us the thief comes only in order to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. It isn't unusual to hear someone say, I've never surrendered my life to Christ because I'm afraid of what he will do to me. Maybe you've even said that yourself. But does that sound like a loving father? These people don't understand how much God loves them and how much freedom and joy he will give them. Christians allow the Holy Spirit to fill them. The ones who allow the Holy Spirit to fill them experience a new dimension of peace and effectiveness. Now the big question today, how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? We must be sure not to confuse being filled with the Holy Spirit with the, with the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we do not see a clear-cut difference between these two, we can never have an intelligent grasp of what being filled with the Spirit means. In AD 56, these Christians in Ephesus had received the gift of the Spirit. That's in Acts 19. And then eight years later, when writing from prison in Rome, Paul told them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If the gift and being filled with the same, there would have been no need for him to write. Why would he have to write to them? The gift of the Spirit comes at conversion. It tells that in Acts 2.28. It says, You have been made known to me the ways of life. You will fill me, infusing my soul with joy and with your presence. Being filled with the Spirit comes at consecration. That's Romans 6.13. It says, Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God as those alive raised from the dead to a new life. And your members, all of your abilities sanctified and set apart as instruments of righteousness, yielded to God. This may happen close together or it could be years apart. And we need self-examination. 1 Corinthians 11.28 says, But a person must prayerfully examine himself and his relationship to Christ. And only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Above all else, we need to be honest with ourselves, folks. We must not ignore or attempt to hide from ourselves any of our sins. We must ask ourselves, what are those things in my life that prevent the Holy Spirit from being able to fill me? And then we have to have confession of all known sin. 1 John 1 9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, He is faithful and just, true to His own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. After examining ourselves in the light of God's word, we should confess all sin that's brought to mind by the Holy Spirit. Until we start calling our pride, anger, complacency, bitterness, all those things sin, we will never have the feeling of the Holy Spirit. However, when we recognize these deficiencies as sin and confess them to God, He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And then thirdly, the submission of ourselves completely to God. Romans 6.13 says, Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, we must ask ourselves, and we must make ourselves completely available to God, to do anything the Holy Spirit wants us to do. If there is anything in our lives that we are unwilling to do, then we are to, then we're resisting God. And this always limits God's spirit. Giving within a church is one of the main ones. God says to give. If you're unwilling to do that, then you're resisting God and you're limiting his spirit. That's just an easy example. If you're unwilling to serve, it's an easy example. You're limiting God's spirit. And last thing here, the fourth thing, is we need to ask to be filled. Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then, being evil, know how good to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and to continue to ask him? Any suggestion that we wait or labor is a human suggestion here. Only do the only the disciples were told to wait, and the reason was that the day of Pentecost had not yet come. Since that day, God's children only have to ask for his filling to experience it. Fifth thing here is believe already that you are filled. Mark 9.29 says, Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in me. For many Christians, the battle is won or lost. Right there. Think about it. We say we believe, but do we actually? We win or lose the battle right there. All things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in God. Believing we are filled with the Spirit is merely taking God at His word. And that is the only absolute that the world has. The fourth question here. How can you know that you've been filled with the Spirit? first response to that is because it's the promise of God's word. Mark 11.24 says, For this reason I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them, and they will be given to you. Second answer to that question is because of the fruit of the Spirit. Matthew 7.20 says, Therefore by your, their fruit you will recognize them as false prophets. So, Read into that one a bit more. Galatians 5, 23 lists the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22, it says, the result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, it says in verse 23. Self-control. Against such things there is no law. And the third answer to that question is because you will have both power and the desire to witness. Look at Acts one eight, But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. The question there is, do you have the power and the desire to witness? Or are you afraid? And the fourth response 
to that question is because the Holy Spirit will glorify Christ through you. John 16, 14 says, He will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and disclose it to you. As you finish up today, when can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? The answer is now. Examine yourself. Confess your sins. Submit yourself unreservedly to Christ. Then simply ask to be filled and believe that you're filled. Why not trust the Holy Spirit with your life? This is not a once and for all experience. It is an experience that will repeat every day and it must begin sometime. So why not let that be now? And let me encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and it can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body, if you will allow him to. And you're important to God. You know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about, whatever you need prayer for, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Contact us, even if you just want to say hi. And until next time, stay in the blessings.